Hello and welcome to the Carp Blue Podcast post-match reaction. My name's Dan Robertson. I still sound terrible. Uh, I've just heard myself through the headphones. I've still got this illness I cannot shake. Um, but an enjoyable afternoon at Villa Park. We win, don't we, at Villa Park? That's it. 12 games in a row now in the Premier League, which is unbelievable. Uh, I'll read out like the goals that we scored during that time as well and some different records later in the show. Uh, Matt, how are you? I asked this to Dan or John the other day. Are you better? Are you well more so than I sound? And look. Oh, I thought I was doing this with Dan Rollins. I didn't realise we've got Sean Dyche um, hosting <laughs> the Blue podcast today. God, you've been gargling gravel or what? You did, I, I think know. I think it's that it's one of them ones when you're phoning sick. It's that you're laying it on a little little bit thick. I think I feel a little bit better than you, but I do. You know when you can sense the lurgies on its way. Mm. Um, but what what better tonic than Aston Villa winning twelve in a row at Villa Park? It's uh, I was certainly feeling good this afternoon. Yeah, just on illness, by the way, as a, a side note, this is how terrible my luck is at the moment. I literally said about a week ago, oh, you know when you're well and you can breathe and you like you take it for granted, like your nose feels good, your throat's fine, like you, you take it for granted. Like those listening that are, uh, that are well at the moment, just appreciate it because it's very annoying when you can't breathe properly. But when you, say, you do start to appreciate it, when you do start to appreciate it, you think, I actually feel all right today. You know that you're jinxing by actually recognising yeah, exactly, that you're yeah. feeling... Especially when I know you, I've got a few years on you, but you get to my age and you have a, you have like one good day every seven months or something like that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that day when it arrives. Yeah, I just thought like, I've not been ill for ages, and then it's like a couple of days later, I've just had a sore throat overnight, and I've, I've not been right since. But anyway, we're here to talk about Aston Villa and not my uh, mountain of tissues and cold and whatever else that I've got in front of me. Um, Luton came to Villa Park this afternoon without really much hope i thought before the game I, I know that people kind of spoke a little bit about it being a banana skin and, and whatever else that this is kind of classic villa to to play so well and then come up against a, a luton side that are, are pretty rubbish that they're, they're a championship side aren't they that play they're playing in the premier league um, but it was kind of classic villa that they maybe mess up and this is this is the game where they they throw something away um that was just not the case at all and villa were you know completely dominant and professional as per usual yeah, I said to my my neighbour in the Upper Trinity, he, he, you know, had that conversation about it being a banana skin, and I said, I don't think it is. I don't think it. I, I don't think Unai Emery lets it become a banana skin. Really, I think we'll win. I said I've probably jinxed it now, but I, I think we'll win. And I thought it was a really patient, professional performance. Obviously, was, there was the the comedy comedy own goal, which wouldn't have been a comedy own goal if it have actually meant anything. Um, hmm. I mean, I want about the one that we scored, not the, not the. Yeah, yeah. Did they did they give DRB the goal or was that gone down as an OG for No, I think it's gone down as an own goal. I've not checked it back. I've I've given it to DRB in my uh, in my own head. I'll, I will finish that point in a second. There's loads of comments coming through on, on YouTube at the moment saying that the stream is bad. My our connection's surprisingly, mate. Yours is fine for change. On our end, everything's fine. So I expect that's just YouTube playing up and for the sake of that we've just got to record this podcast now or never. If you're, if you're having problems watching it live, get it on catch-up for a little bit and then hopefully that's better. On DRB, yeah, I'm giving the, the second goal to him only because in my predictions that we did uh, before the game, I said 3-0 Villa. So I was a little bit annoyed by the own goal, like Emi Martinez was. But I said DRB to score twice. So I'm giving him the second goal, the own goal, just so I can say I've got another prediction right. But yeah, I think it's gone down as an own goal officially. Yeah, I thought he was the... Um, I'm disconcerting these people <laughs> slacking off the stream, but it, it seems to be working fine for us. Yeah, I don't think it's anything on our end. I think it's a YouTube problem. So people that are watching this after the fact, I don't think there'll be any problems with the video or the audio. So I think we just have to carry on, to be honest, mate. All right, go and make yourself a brew. And, and yeah, come back, back in half an hour. 
I can talk nonsense in half an hour. I thought Diaby was brilliant today. I thought he was my my man of the match. I mean, there was mm. a few few really good performances, but I thought he was I thought he was outstanding. And just noticing him off the ball a little bit and the kind of way he checks his runs and the way he's he's always so lively um, and always making himself available. Um, I thought he was I thought he was class, but it was re- really interesting seeing. Again, we've said this, haven't we? We've said previous Villa teams, well, they wouldn't have won 11 in a row at Villa Park, let alone put themselves in the position to to, to win 12. But I don't, want, I don't want to be disrespectful to, to Luton, but they looked exactly what they were, a yeah. team that got up <laughs> against the odds through the playoffs, really. Um, yeah. But again, you know, Villa, Villa have fallen foul of, of that kind of team in the past. They've been complacent, you know, a bit lackadaisical, and they, they've... And we, we've come unstuck, but I thought it was really, really, really polished performance, and probably could have scored six or seven, couldn't we? In the end, yeah, Diaby, my man of the match as well. Like I said, I'm giving him the second goal just for for the endeavour to to get in the right positions. Um, I thought all, all through the game, his link up play with Watkins and, and Bailey as well in the second half was, was very good. And I said in the preview that I felt like he was he was due a goal in the Premier League. As much as he's been involved a lot, he has not been the one on on uh, on the end of it in recent weeks and yeah to get in the position to possibly have scored two today is what we want to see from him I didn't buy a segment that I've done over the last couple of weeks now the unsung man of the match pretty obvious that it Derby Derby is the one that gets it who's gone under the radar this afternoon do you think oh I didn't think of an unsung man of the match um Kamara potentially I thought was I thought was very good is that his role is that his accolade to win every week though to be honest, is that is that kind of who he is and what he is that <laughs> yeah. you know a kind of a, a a DM who just knits things together and does does the basics well. Um, I thought he was I thought he was good. And again, I don't want to get in the habit of like slagging off Luton throughout this. Um, I thought their fans were really good, by the way. But it just shows the progress that we've made. That for a mm. while, maybe only for kind of half a dozen games, but marvelous Nakamba was. The best player under Steve in at <laughs> Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa for a, a short while, and it just shows, you know, don't think the Canberra or Barkley would would get a sniff. Um, maybe they would. Maybe they're getting ahead of Dean Donker who tried to do a Stevenage moment at the end um, mm. and lose possession. But I just think it shows. It was just very obvious how far we've come really yeah. in 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 this, the last probably two and a half years. Certainly in the last year. Um, mm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of sides of the argument about like the way the result went in the end. Now, the, the the own goal is, well, as it's not meant anything, it's funny, isn't it? For as you can't say, I think it's a pretty strange uh, decision for him to try and head it back to the goalkeeper from there. To be honest, I thought well, I've that not was seen it back down. What was he? Was he trying? Was he trying to head it? He wasn't trying to clear I thought it. So yeah, I thought he was just trying to get enough on it to get it back to Martinez and probably just put it, put put too much on it. Um, yeah, just comical in the end. It doesn't really matter. So it is what it is. It's only a consolation goal from, wasn't it, really? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good. Just yeah. There. There's a headline. Hope the stream works for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I saw some people suggesting that we should have put Luton to the sword and won 7 0 because Villa were, were superior and could have with the chances that they had. Whereas other people think, well, 3 0 or 3 1 is totally fine because we took our foot off the gas particularly in the second half, because the game was won and we could take a couple of players off. Which side of the argument do you tend to, to fall on? I'm of the opinion that 3-1 was fine. You know, how greedy do we need to be? It'd be nice to see us, see us win 4-1 for the third time, third consecutive time in a week. Um, mm. yeah. But we're never really, never in danger of losing or, or drawing that game, really. 
Um, and I did think it find it was found it funny when Luton fans started chanting, "You only sing when you're winning." We've won the last eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven at, at, at Villa Park, and uh, I thought there was some decent, decent kind of banter exchanged between them at the uh, today. Actually, I, I did like Luton's chant, um, "Conference champions, you'll never sing that," which I thought was quite amusing. <laughs> Given that, uh, Roger, I did think we probably would have win that, would have won that conference a couple of years ago. The way we were going when we were halfway down the championship, but uh, now nah, I thought, I thought, I thought that their fans were brilliant. You could tell that they. We're enjoying the not enjoying the experience of losing, but we're enjoying the experience of, of being in the Premier League. And as much as I didn't want them to see that ball bounce off Amy Martinez's head, um, a bit like the one, well, not 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 the same, but you know, he must must have one of those in his contract to, to concede one of those every year after the after the Arsenal one um, last season. But I felt getting a clean sheet, only though Martinez. Yeah, he'll be he'll be fuming at that. My my nephew was fuming as well because he got him his captain in his fantasy team. Yeah. So uh, those points disappeared quite quickly. It sounds really patronising, it is, but I think probably Luton, their fans probably deserve that for the kind of the, you know the yeah. energy and effort and, and and kind of throughout the match chanting that they bought. So if it gave them a glimmer and it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, then um, it was just a harmless, a silly silly but harmless mistake, I think. Yeah, and that's what the Premier League is for them, isn't it? They've done very uh, unbelievably well to even get here. They know they're going to lose most weeks, but if they do stay up, it'll be an unbelievable achievement. And if they can get a you know, a goal to celebrate here and there and have good away days, then that, that's probably what the Premier League is going to be for them, to be honest. Just on fans very quickly, a little word on the Villa fans singing about Wayne Rooney. What did you think of that? Yeah, it, it amused me. I mean, it was <laughs> it was spark boy thingy coming on, wasn't it? By Chong, yeah, coming Chong. on with his with his, his blue nose um, affiliations. I think it was kind of. I did I did enjoy the the Rooney chant, and there's only one way in Rooney. And it sounds a little bit kind of grumpy of me. I don't like us chatting chanting about them. Yeah, that I much. Agree. I'd rather yeah. us chant about them than not chant at all. So I do like Villa Park in in full voice, but I think it because that game was. It was never really in doubt that we were going to win. It yeah, was probably yeah. a flat, flat moment during the game. Um, but yeah, it's the first time I've heard us sing about four or five. Uh, you know, dig out the anti-blues repertoire with four or five chants. But the uh, the Rooney one did amuse me. I must admit, digging me a little smirk. Yeah, so just a bit of nonsense. That I, I would rather we didn't sing about blues too often either because it's not relevant to us at all. Are they really? Like, I, I really couldn't care. But yeah, just uh, it's there. Uh, just you know, the usual anti-blues ones to just sing. There's only one right. Like, Rooney was a a different variation that, that that made me laugh as well. Um, just on the home form, then if we keep talking about the record, it's twelve wins in the Premier League. That record of my granddad not going to game still still lives on. Uh, Crystal Palace the first, and then obviously today, but the most recent Fulham next in the Premier League to make it thirteen, and then it's Man City at home would make it fourteen and break the record of however many years it is, which is frankly ridiculous. To do twelve is unbelievable. This season specifically, uh, the Villa official account tweeted this before we started. Five games at home, obviously five wins, 20 goals, four against Everton, three against Palace, six against Brighton, four at West Ham and three today against Luton. And when we go to Villa Park, not only do we win, we score more than two goals a game on average as well. We're seeing great football. It's just it's just great, isn't it? So good. It's remarkable, you know, and again, I was chatting to another fan fans who sits by me. Uh, Stuart, I got his name wrong last time. It's Stuart, not Ben. I was chatting to Stuart and he was saying, how does this... Villa side compared to the ones that we'd have seen, Big Ron's side, Brian's mm. side, Brian Little's side that, that, that won the League Cup in 1996. And he thinks that they're better in terms of kind of 
better player for player, more entertaining, the, the football that they play. I can't quite bring myself to admit that just yet because I'm, I'm, I'm nostalgia mad and I'm stuck in the past and I was a younger, healthier, fitter man back then. So I associate that with better films, better football, better music yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but we're experiencing something special now and mm. I hope people, this sounds like kind of a lecture now, I'm lecturing the Villa fans, but I hope we realise this and I think we do. I think we, we, we realise we're, we're on the brink in, in the midst of some something special. Like you said, to, to score that amount of goals, you know, Emery's probably had this this stigma, stigma or false false reputation of being a defensive, cautious manager. That's been blown apart, really, yeah. because we we could have we could have scored six or seven. You think about the chances that we that we had today. You know, Zaniolo's missed that one in the first half. A lovely, yeah. a lovely move from Villa. Watkins yeah. has been denied by that tremendous double stat save as well. That's the first half. Second half, we've had Louise, who's, who's run the length of the pitch and then misplaced the pass. Very un-Douglas un Louise, I thought that was, in terms of getting that pass wrong to Bailey. McGinn's had a chance, hasn't he? That he's, yeah. that he's fluffed. I think Bailey's had a chance that he's fluffed. So this is an entertaining swashbuckling Aston Villa side. And from being used to just playing Premier League survival football for... 10 or more years, really, um, not even working for a couple of years and not even being in the Premier League. This is like a breath of fresh air and we really, really need to appreciate and savour every moment of this. Yeah, and like when you're unwell, appreciate when you can breathe properly, when you have a good football team, appreciate it while you're in the moment instead of only retrospectively. Just on that that 90s side and, and the John Gregory era and Brian Little and whoever else, we've spoken before about like the comparisons, I think me and John actually, of our best era being O'Neill. And technically, he's achieved more than Emery because we finished top six and we got to a cup final and whatever else. Emery's not done those things just yet. Um, but we compare those two different eras to be very different but successful in different ways. What would make it as successful as that 90s side or better than for you? What would what would need to change? Is it just because it's nostalgia field or the Villa? this Villa have to win a trophy or two to kind of match that, do you think? I think you do, don't you? You have to have you have to have silverware, really. My, my son, I think he was half joking, but he was saying, "Matt, he's, he's Emery." He didn't call me Matt; he called me Dad. Funnily enough, he just called me <laughs> Matt sometimes. That. He taps, taps me on the head sometimes and calls me Matt in a patronising way. He's <laughs> six foot two; he's only fifteen. He said, "Dad, he's Emery Villa's greatest ever manager." I said, are you, "You're winding me up, aren't you?" He says, "Yeah, I am a little bit." He said, "But he must be getting up there." He said, "What does he need to do to become Villa's greatest ever manager?" Probably win. The European, the European Cup and the league in the yeah. same season, if you <laughs> if you <laughs> can, can. throw in the FA Cup as well. Um, but yeah, I think that that's I'll say the only he's only been here a year, so give 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 the guy a little bit of chance to to, to build build something. Um, but I think yeah, winning winning silverware, you know, if he won, um, it won't be the League Cup this season. If he if he won the FA Cup, the Premier League title, or um, or the the Conference League. This season, I think that would that would put him up amongst the likes of um, kind of Brian, Brian and Ron. Probably have to go some to to equal the other Ron. Um, mm. But the fact we're talking about it a year in, given what yeah. he inherited, to give him the transformation that we've seen, remarkable, really is. I know this word gets thrown around a lot, but I'm going to anticipate some stick in the comments already. It seems like the streamers uh, sorted itself out by now, so it was a, a YouTube problem, not my internet. Is Uno Emery an Aston Villa legend yet? Or is it far too early for that? I think he, he, he I think he, I think he probably right. is. I think he probably is, and 
yes to both. It is too early, but yes, he is <laughs> yeah. because you know we've we've banged on so much time about about your generation, you kids, kids of today, the success starved generation. So you've needed been crying out for somebody to really take take into our hearts and to embrace. So the fact that he's done that, but. He won't think that this, he won't be anywhere near satisfied with. Oh, of with, course, and neither am I. Not yeah. won anything yet. So I don't think we should. I think we should continue as much as we enjoy and savour it and appreciate it. I think we should try and demand, demand more, demand that this is the start rather than the kind of culminating. So, uh, yeah, again, I suppose we've won 12 on the spin, so we can get a little bit carried away. But I'm always thinking, what's next? When's it going to? When when's the rug going to be pulled? And the longer that he can kind of keep building and keep adding, I still think the big thing for me, Dan, is I think that you scratch beneath the surface still of this first thirteen or fourteen, and I think we are going to have are going to have issues. You know, if we yeah. we've only got one right back in the team, really. You know, we were in, we're in the squad. You know, I know Duran's obviously been in and out in in, in recent weeks, but if anything happens to Watkins got an issue i think the good thing that, that I've, I've seen in recent games and recent weeks is bailey as a kind of as, as an impact player yeah very impact good. sub and i think you know you'd, you'd hope you don't i don't want anything to happen to the because i think he's brilliant but you'd hope that you've almost got a ready-made replacement there mm-hmm. in bailey for zaniolo or, or or for um the and the other thing that impressed me about bailey in in recent games is he just seems to become a little bit more disciplined now in terms of his use of the ball. I don't think he's running down so many cul-de-sacs. I think if there's somebody in a better position than him, he's actually lifting his head up and, and, and picking that pass. And I think he's been kind of Emery-fied a little bit as well. Um, Emery's saying, if you want to get in, you know, if you if you want to be involved in this team, you're going to have to make sure that you're, you're a team player. And I think that's one of the encouraging things from, from, from recently. Just a quick word on Pau Torres as well. I thought it was very good. If you'd have asked me what my unsung man of the match was, I think I'd probably have gone with him. Uh, looks ever, ever more increasingly kind of confident in his own ability and, and more settled into the team as weeks have gone by. Um, and as much as it's absolutely not the be-all and end-all, not the only thing he did all game, that little flick over and Josh Townsend was like a, whoa, there's a good footballer doing something good there, isn't it? Yeah, there's a couple of showboating moments. There was that one when he li- he's lifted the ball over over Townsend. There's a little nutmeg, I think, from from Bailey as, as well yeah. when he then got got pulled back. But uh, I love those little moments. You know, as much as I look, like to see my team scoring goals, I like those little kind of touches of class as well. And he yeah. almost just adds. You know, it, it was um, there was some some good kind of chance back and forth as well. Because uh, I think Villa did Villa have, did we have about seventy one possession? Was it? In the end, I think it was something oh, like I'm that. Not sure, yes, about that kind of thing. Yeah, I just loved it when we started singing, kind of "Give us our ball back" and stuff like that. It was a, uh, no, it was it was a very satisfactory afternoon. Just a quick look at the the league table. It's ten games in now. Uh, people tend to say, "Don't they?" Let's look at the league table after ten games. So uh, we are now at that point. Uh, Man City and Man United are currently playing as we film this, but I think Man City are winning, uh, and it was two nil at one point. I don't know if anyone has got what it is now. Three uh, nil. Uh, that's finished now, I think. Um, so we could have done with Man City dropping points, couldn't we, today if Villa were to, to climb into the top four, but that's not to be. Uh, Villa are fifth still in the Premier League, seven wins out of 10, which is incredible, and one draw, 26 scored, 14 conceded, when you consider that five of those were on the opening day. Um, that's some, some going. 22 points after 10 games. Uh, fifth place, five points clear of sixth place, Newcastle United. And again, considering that we gave them 
three points on the opening day. That's that's really good as well. Uh, the gap that we've met, been able to make since then. Um, and if, if top seven and some kind of European football is in the aim, then Manchester United are eighth with 15 points. So we're seven points clear of Man United already. So talking three game weeks before there's any kind of chance of us, well, dropping out of the top seven at least and a couple of game weeks before dropping out of fifth place. So as much as it's nice to look ahead a little bit and go, oh, what are Man City doing or what are Liverpool doing and can Villa get into the top four? The fact that we're building a bit of a gap behind, ahead of sixth place, seventh place, that's the thing that's the key for me, that there's a bit of wiggle room there already. You know, you don't want to peak too soon, do you? I don't no, want us hovering around. Well, I don't think we have, yeah. Fifth and sixth for now, and then just making sure you, you're there at the kind of business end of the season as well. I think that there's a there's a couple of moments today as well where, oh, I can't remember, what, what goal was it where Cam, where Kamara clipped that ball in? Was that... Was that the... Um, that was the own goal. The own goal. Yeah. Just even... I thought that summed up pure Unai Emery Aston Villa because there was a, a, there was a period of play where it was like Douglas Louise and Kamara and a bit of concert and a bit of Torres just almost playing keep ball around mm. the, the centre circle. Unless, and Luton didn't press that high. So they were trying to defend, um, defend from the, the halfway line. And it, it seemed to last for about two or three minutes. It wouldn't have been. It probably been 30 seconds. But it seemed to last just playing keep ball around the halfway line. And all of a sudden, Kamara just looks up, you know, plays in a lovely a lovely pass over the top. And that, to me, is Aston Villa, the, mm. this, this Aston Villa, that super patient, super patient, super patient, almost wear the opposition into submission. And then, bang, we're gone. Yeah. And we've got the quality to execute that pass. And then we've got the quality with the attacking players to be alive to that and to make things happen. And I just thought that that, that that's what we're about now. And there's not there's certainly not many teams in the bottom half of the table who are going to be able to live with us. And yeah. I think we, we, we're showing now that there's also lots of teams in the top half of the table who, who can't live with, with that kind of approach as well. Yeah, and we've talked at the start of the show and in, in recent weeks about this home record and how it's Fulham next and then Man City after that. But just a general look at the, the fixtures ahead. Uh, obviously, Forest next uh, next Sunday, a whole week to prepare for Emery, which will be, uh, they'll, they'll certainly appreciate that, won't they? At least to have a bit of extra time and not so, so hectic with the European games. So Forest away next weekend, uh, Fulham at home the following Sunday. Um, and then it's international break, is it? Must be because there's, there's a gap there. Uh, and then Spurs away, which is a, a really tasty game. Bournemouth away, Man City at home, Arsenal at home. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a points total because I've read those out in such a weird order. You've probably forgot who's there. Um, but my, my the point I want to make is that as much as I'm like looking looking ahead to Forest and Fulham and Bournemouth, thinking well, they're kind of very winnable games for Villa, and that will keep keep us climbing up the table. From like a football match perspective, almost from a neutral point of view. I'm now looking forward to games like Spurs away, Man City at home, Arsenal at home to see how far Villa have come compared to teams like that. Can we go to Spurs away and maybe they're still unbeaten by then and we're the team to stop them or you know, we beat Arsenal at home or whatever it is and, and that flies us up into third place or something. I'm really intrigued now to see how Villa get on against one of the traditional big boys. Uh, so it's only so far we've got Newcastle and Liverpool from last season's top four or top five or six. Um, we've obviously not done very well against those. So, you know, with those games against Spurs, Man City and Arsenal coming up, I'm now thinking, they're excited now. I don't just kind of write them off as, oh, we've got no chance. There's every chance. Yeah, I am looking forward to, to welcoming some of the big boys to Villa Park, to be honest. To, because we've got into such a, a rhythm and so used to winning that I actually, and enjoying it so much that I actually think we'll probably crank up the atmosphere 
another notch as, as supporters when those teams come in. And that's what I'm, you know, it's very cliche, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing those matches with a brilliant, a brilliant team, a brilliant crowd in front of the, you know, under the floodlights. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know in terms of in terms of point point tallies. I don't think we can continue being this dominant at home. I think there's going to be some slips along the way. But I think the good thing that we've seen under under Emery, we haven't slipped up at home yet. But when we slipped up away, we followed that with a, a strong home performance, or we followed that with a, a decent away performance generally. Um, so I don't think he's a kind of man who, who does crisis. But I think even if we even if we compete. Against those teams that, that you've said, we go to Spurs and we, we lose 1-0 or we lose 2-1. That won't define our season because the next yeah. game, you know, I, I'm probably, probably jinxing it here, but I don't expect us to, to, to lose two games in a row this season. I don't expect, I certainly don't expect us to lose three games in a row. We'll probably get beaten now and we'll have... Got Man City and Arsenal back-to-back in a couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't expect us to lose both of those games. Yes, as much as we're not going to win every single game at home. I want to be winning 14, 15 games at home throughout the course of the, the, the 19 that we play at home in the Premier League. We've already won five out of the 19 available. Um, and I think that if we do lose one at home or when we lose one at home, if we match it up with another 10-game winning streak on the other side of it, doesn't matter, does it? You're going to lose games every so often, but if you kind of regroup and win the next five or six, that's what Emery will do, I think. What did you think What did you think of the first goal today? I thought it was a really, yeah, really nice well-worked, clever goal again. Yeah, as much as it is that, it's so simple, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a patch to the edge of the box that someone steps over and, and a player picks it up, steps into the box and shoots. Like It's so simple, but super effective and something that we've seen a fair bit from, from Austin McPhee and the, the set pieces so far this season. And we've been unfortunate in a few cases that they've not come off. Um, and as we said on a, on a show recently, like once you try something a little bit out of the ordinary, you can't really try it again because you kind of played your hand, haven't you? And it, it didn't work. So the fact that one's come off today, and although it was simple, yeah, really effective and, and, and nice to see. And good that it's McGinn as well. Only second Premier League goal of the season, although he scored a couple in Europe. And uh, nice that we get to see the, uh, the uh, celebration coming out that I still can't do because my hands just don't work in that way. Yeah, Austin McBonus fee. I'll say that as well. Um, I don't know whether you want to wrap up, but I've got I've got a, an, an off diary thing that I wanted to mention. Okay, can we uh, reach out to our reach? Ironic, reach out to our reach sponsors, the women's football uh, special first. I play a little twenty second ad, and then you can do it after that. Is that right? Yep, go for it. Okay. Take it away. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay. And so are we. Just a quick one. Halloween. I know that you, well, you've probably had your own place for a, for a couple of years now, but... How do you deal with trick or treat? Is it you one who kind of do you like buy loads of boxes of celebrations and Haribo and stick your witch's hat on and you know greet the trick or treaters? Or are you like me? Do you want are you one who buys loads of celebrations, Haribo, sticks your witch's hat on, <laughs> and closes all the curtains and turns off the lights and won't answer the door to anybody? <laughs> you can probably guess which one I am because I think we're very similar. Although I haven't bought anything, no sweets or anything, to be fair. Um, we've lived the last place we lived wasn't the greatest street on the world so when the door went knocking we just ignored it whether it was kids or otherwise this year we're at like, the end of a cul-de-sac and obviously we've not had anyone come so far but we have got a little like thing in the window like a 
Halloween sign thing. So we've put that up because it's to do with the baby. It's like his footprints or whatever. And I've gone, now we've got that up, that people will be looking at it going, oh, they're going to be welcoming trick-or-treaters. So if it was up to me, I'd take it down because I don't want to deal with it. But if the door knocks, I'm the kind of person that just doesn't answer. I don't have any sweets or anything. Because if I do answer, they say, trick-or-treat, I go, well, I ain't got anything anyway. And that makes me probably look worse. Yeah, I find it a little bit awkward because I think proper can you be a, can you be a halloween scrooge i don't know but i always kind of hide out in the back room because if you answer the door and it's like teenage scallies you know i don't know what i'll do anyway i don't want to keep the car or to throw eggs in my egg, egg yeah. and if it's young kids i'm i've said this before about i'm not very good at doing kind of fake kind of mm. sincerity if there is such a thing as fake sincerity and it's like you know, it's cute little kids or scared, and I've got to pretend to be scared of some some kid that I don't know. <laughs> you think you're overthinking it at this point, to be honest. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, um, I haven't got pets, so I'm not one of these ones who decries um, kind of bonfire night for all the uh, fireworks going off. But I don't like I don't like people knocking on my door when it's dark. I'm like a no. frail old pensioner. <laughs> nearly are, aren't you? To be fair, um, yeah, I agreed. I'm, it's Halloween's uh, an American. Ism, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not for us uh, British folk, really, is it? Answering the door and giving away sweets to kids, and especially teenagers. Uh, grow up. Uh, anyway, I think that's enough, <laughs> enough nonsense chat at the end. We'll be back on Tuesday for this week's show. The Monday show is no more this week. Uh, the rotor has conspired. I'm off on, on Monday. So we'll be uh, discussing something for the Tuesday show. I think we'll probably do a Q&A. So if people do want to get involved and, and leave a question or a topic in the comments, um, that can kind of fuel the show for Tuesday. And that'll be out on Tuesday as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. And we'll see you all soon.